Hello there, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Football Manager Therapy. My name is Rich Owens, and joining me this week, we have two-thirds of the FM team. We have the United City FM, the wonderful Kev, and we also have the sunshine kid himself, Callum. Kev, how are you doing today, pal? I'm doing really, really well, Rich Owens. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing so well. Can I honestly, I feel like I'm excelling at saying my own name today because <laughs> amazing. I definitely didn't really didn't, definitely didn't have to do the intro twice. Definitely <laughs> no. didn't flub my own name. So yeah, no, it was, it was that, spectacular. Mate, well. But yeah, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing really well. Thank you. Really happy to be here. Another busy, busy week just been of uh, streams and uh, all sorts of stuff that we'll talk about uh, as we go through the podcast, but really happy to be here. It's lovely to have at least three of us. I mean, we know Ooh. Jeb's on extended leave for a while, popped in last week, which was great, but it's been a little while since the three of us have been here, it feels like. So hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's nice, isn't it? It's nice to have. I, I like the dynamic. I like the two little faces that I can just like glance over and look at. It makes me do. It does make me feel very, very happy. And it was lovely to say, Kevin, lovely to have Jeb back briefly last week. Mm-hmm. We still miss you, pal. Uh, we'll we see do. him soon. Don't worry. We'll see him soon. Um, somebody else who I've, I've missed terribly. Callum. Hello, mate. How are we? Hi, hi Rich and New Orleans. Um, nice Thank to you. see you. See, it's, it's, it's a difficult name to say. It is a difficult name it to is. say, Rich. So, it is. You know. Um, I'm tremendous, thank you. I'm tremendous. I'm all, it's always nice to be back. Last yesterday, um, yesterday, last week's uh, pod was a lovely listen. It was a lovely lesson. Um, so it's one of the the bonuses, if there is any, to not being on the pod. So, uh, but yeah, very enjoyable to listen back. But I hope you're both very well as well. Yeah, good. It's, it is weird, isn't it? It really is. Mm. I I missed the previous week. I think it was and listened to it as a uh, a listener for the first time in a while. And you know, there is a bit of me that misses not being able to listen to it in the same way I used to because I really love this podcast as a thing anyway. But yeah, very random to uh, and weird to miss a week. But that listening experience was. I don't know what they're going to say. Ooh. <laughs> no, you are both, spoiler you are alert both i don't know what we're going to say today either uh, who knows we've, we've planned nothing we have of course um no, it is it, you know what it's actually really refreshing to hear that from you both because the it's the dynamic of going from a listener of podcast to a presenter it just really really does change that listening because I, I listen back to it when i edit the podcast every week but i used to love a tuesday morning tuesday mornings were my favorites especially in my old job where i spent about six hours a day driving around in a car and could do things like listen to podcasts i used to love a tuesday morning listening to, to matt and tony doing their thing and then suddenly you get involved with it yourself and you just stop consuming it in the same way um i missed tony's penultimate episode where i think he got to sit down with uh, with jack workspace and i was like devastated to have missed that episode because i was really really looking forward to chatting with jack because he lovely lovely guy but there was a part of me i was like i could just listen to it this week i could just have a little listen to podcast and sit back and enjoy it and five minutes and i was like oh it's so much better without me so much better without <laughs> me um but i don't feel the same way anymore it's fine before kev tells me off for, for some <laughs> negative things about myself it's good Almost. now Almost. I had to preempt him there. I had to pre- he gave you the eyes. I saw it coming as well. I saw it coming. I was worried. I was worried. <laughs> burning into me. Now, it's speaking of burning, what a spicy week it's been. Um, I'm sat in an office and it's not even midday yet. 
and I'm already getting quite warm. So uh, yeah, it's it's a sweaty one at the moment. But it's been it's been a hot hot week. Um, there's plenty for us to chat about this week. And before we kind of dive into the main bits and pieces, obviously we've got a spicy save update coming. Spicy save update. A thing has happened to me this week, boys. A thing's happened to me this week. Now you guys, you you both know what it is because we've had a bit of a chat about it in our in our little group, but. I've had a really, really bizarre moment this week, fellas, and I'm going to share it with you and share it with you, our audience, because I think it's the kind of thing you might enjoy. Who knows? We play a lot of Football Manager here, hence the podcast. Without Football Manager, there is no podcast. Without the podcast, we'd all be doing something else with our Sunday mornings. But I had an epiphany this week. I had a little epiphany. Yesterday afternoon, I was checking my social media, having a little look, and because I'm, I'm an advocate, I'm a fan of non-league football, I'll follow both of Worcester's non-league football teams, of course. You've got Worcester City. Um, shout out to the wonderful Clates, who is doing wonderful things with them on Twitch at the moment. Really, really interesting save. I've got Worcester City, but you've also got our Tier 10 boys, Worcester Raiders, who uh, I've, I've, I've done saves with. Back in the day on FM, I've done tier 10 saves, Worcester Raiders, and had a lovely time doing it. Follow them on Twitter. And they've been announcing their retained players or players that have signed new contracts for the season. And there was a name that popped up on there. And I was like, it popped up. And I was like, oh, that name sounds really familiar. Where do I know that name from? And I scrolled down and I saw the picture announcement that came with the tweet. As it turns out, as it turns out, I work at a high school in the uh, in the area. As it turns out, the player that's just re-signed for Worcester Raiders and has been there for about seven or eight years uh, is one of my colleagues from school. He's one of the PE teachers. He's an acting head of house. Uh, he's a fellow called Sam, and he's wonderful. We get on really, really, really well, and it's one of those really weird moments. I was introduced to him. So where do I know that name from? That name sounds really familiar, and I couldn't place it until I saw him there in the Worcester Raiders kit. So I'm like, this is fantastic because somebody that I work with, I have extensive experience of managing on Football Manager. So he's going to be delighted when I tell him this week that as it turns out, I'm his old boss. I think he's going to, uh, I think he's going to be really, really happy about that. I think for all time's sake, I think I might just try and find him a week's wages just, you know, because it's that kind of band that we used to have. We had that kind of relationship. Did he, did he but, do really well for you? Was he amazing or did he show up late for training or did he, you know, what no. was the situation here? Um, I mean, the fine, the fine was for a red card. I, I do mm. not accept, I do not accept that lack of discipline from my players, especially in tier 10. Um, no, he was great. I think I kept him. I did an offline uh, save with Worcester Raiders. I think back on FM 21 when the tier, date, tier 10 database dropped. And I think I got them into about sixth tier. Um, and he stayed with me. He was one of the players that stayed for the duration because he had some really, really mm -hmm. nice uh, mental attributes because, you know, kind of play. He's been at a club for, you know, seven or eight years. They're going to develop. Uh, I kept him with me. Uh, we had FA Cup runs. We had all sorts. We had highs. We had lows. We had promotions. No relegations because I'm a competent player of the game. Um, but I think he'll be delighted to hear that. Or, more realistically, He'll just shrug his shoulders and go, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm an adult that plays real football. Get a life. It's, he's not going to say that to me. He's far too, far too kind, far too kind. But yeah, that was my exciting moment from this week. Found out somebody I know in real life and work with. I have spent extensive time getting really, really competent performances as a, uh, a right-sided fullback. So there you go, Sam, if you're listening, which you're not, what a career you've had so far. And uh, congratulations on your new contract. I'm sure you're going to do bits for the Raiders this season. I, I do I think, know. Rich, I, I think it's really bizarre mm. because yeah. 
I, I've talked about this before, obviously around Slough, when I went down Slough and, and met a load of the players and the managers and stuff like that. When you play the video game football manager, in a way, these real people become characters. You give them mm. their own little stories, their own little narratives. And that's why sometimes, I'll be honest with you, I feel more comfortable when regens and new gens get involved because I feel like I can be unkind to that person and it's not real and it's I'm a little <laughs> bit more okay with it at that point, you know. But and and, and then to actually meet or work with these mm. characters from a video game is very odd. There's not many other video games that that happens in, really, is there? You know, you know, like in your Minecraft, you don't walk down the street and go, "Oh, there's the creeper." Oh my goodness! I just that's that's <laughs> what I can't believe I've seen him in real life now. You know, it's 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 a really weird one. It is absolutely. Have you seen? Have either of you seen the uh, Jason Manford bit about Micah Richards? Yes, yes, just yeah. fantastic. That, that's yeah. just that whole thing of you know, he interacted with Micah Richards and was a bit kind of standoffish and was asked why, and eventually he figured out because he managed him in football manager and he showed up <laughs> late for training a few times and made him cross. <laughs> that sort of thing is amazing. So, if there's a viewer or a listener out there that you've got an interaction yeah. story, chuck it our way, absolutely, uh, under the video or the you know, DM one of us or something, tell us your interaction stories with people that you've met that you've managed or whatever it might be. Fantastic fantastic stuff yeah definitely please do please because we love it we absolutely love that kind of thing it it, it was a highlight of my day yesterday realizing that um because you know i don't play with face packs so i wouldn't know what any of the the, the lower league players actually look like in reality so that popped me big uh, you watch me now i'll be back here next week i was like i tell you what i've paid more attention around school now not only do i work <laughs> with sam that used to play right back at me for uh, Worcester Raiders. It turns out Blanca from Street Fighters, one of the dinner ladies. Who knew? <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy scenes. Um, but I hope it happens. I really, really hope it happens. Um, but enough, enough of uh, Rich not paying attention uh, closely enough to the people that he works with in real life. Um, we should talk about people that have actually been playing a bit of the game this week uh, due to other commitments. Callum and I, not so much, which we'll talk about later. But what I'd like to know, and I think what the listeners would like to know, Kev. Yes. How's it going in Hungary, pal? I'm beginning to just about get the thought that I have to actually look away from my screen to look at Rich. It's taking me a while, you know, just to get that kind of in. <laughs> so I'm just going to be doing this for the next little while just to make sure that it's inbuilt in there somewhere. For anybody that's listening to the podcast, yes, we are losing our minds. It's just the way it is. Uh, anyway, Hungary. Yes, I always am. Uh, it's the most perfect place for me to be. What can I tell you? Um, so, uh, before I talk to you about Hungary, because there is an update that I'll give you to that one, can I just uh, take a moment for myself uh, and just say that this week I reached a milestone on my streams. Mm -hmm. uh, and, the, and the reason it was important for me is not the numbers themselves. So basically, I got to 2,500 follows on Twitch which in itself is great. Love that. Uh, I don't do streaming for numbers. I do it because I love to stream. I would stream anyway, whatever. I'm just really happy that people want to come along for the ride as well. It makes my life as a streamer a lot easier. But the reason that it's got significance for me is that uh, a year ago, I decided to stop doing YouTube and focus fully on becoming a streamer. I felt that it fitted me better. I felt I was better at it and I was enjoying it more. But within my time as a YouTuber, uh, the most amount of followers or subscribers on YouTube that I ever got to was 2,499. 
And that was off the back of the Loki Doki video that was made and the shout out that he gave me and all the, uh, the people came over in the space of a weekend and boosted my channel. And so there was a part of me watching it reach that peak from Loki and then just drop slowly, slowly off again. And I never managed to push it above what he brought in that kind of felt like he did most of the hard work for me. And I then just carried on playing football manager afterwards and it was what it was. But this feels like I did it kind of myself if that makes sense i mean i've had raids and i've had lots of support and there's lovely things going on i'm part of the podcast i'm part of the fm playoffs and other things that get my name out there but i show up every weekday afternoon and i do my thing and people show up and interact with it and i've got to 2500 followers on twitch within just literally a week over my two-year twitch anniversary and it was fantastic. It just feels like that's a real milestone for me as a personal thing. And you won't necessarily hear me in a few months saying, oh, I reached my 3,000 or I've reached my 3,000. They're not as important to me. But this one was to get that little bit over the top of what I felt I'd been able to achieve as a YouTuber, made the decision right to go. So that happened this week. So that was fantastic. So anybody that's come in and said hi, anybody that's come in and lurked, anybody that's dropped that follow, whatever it is that you've done for my channel means a huge amount to me. It's very humbling. And still streaming is my joy and it is my, uh, my project and my purpose. So thank you for enabling that to happen. So that's done. Thank you very much for that. Hungry. We are still in Hungary, but right. Right. yes. C congratulations, Kev. I'm really Thanks, proud of you. Callum. Thanks, mate. I <laughs> well appreciate done, it. Mate. We're well not done, done either. We're going to continue on and just see where yeah. it goes, you know. But yeah, thank you. I really do appreciate yeah. it. It was great. All uh, I'm we... saying, Kev, is that 2,500 people can't be wrong. So congratulations, <laughs> buddy. Delighted <laughs> if I find for they you. could comparatively be to the millions <laughs> and millions that might not have found me. But okay, I'll go with it. Thank you. Definitely. You are absolutely right. One rich can never be wrong totally unless he's downing himself and then he's absolutely wrong so we'll you know we'll go with that but thank you very much gents i really appreciate it it means a lot to me so it's all great so yeah hungry we are still in hungry but maybe not for too long now the first thing i will preface this update by saying is that we are sitting here roughly leading up to lunchtime on sunday last friday was due to be the last stream of this season in Hungary. Had a bunch of games to play, and then about 40 minutes before I was due to go live with it, there was a knock on my door, and it was a random uh, internet, BT internet uh, engineer who says, have you got a fiber optic order? And I have, a week or so from now. He says, we're here to do all the pre-stuff for it. And I went, okay. So they were drilling things and they were banging things and they were moving things and they were in and around and I had questions to answer. So in the end, I couldn't do that Friday afternoon stream, unfortunately. So I'm still sitting, not quite at the end of this season of Hungary. And I almost got there for a perfect uh, update opportunity for the podcast. So bear that in mind as we go through. But we might not be in Hungary for too much longer. We'll get there. So season began. We'd have some pain from the last couple of seasons, getting close-ish, but not really. I think I'd done a decent job. And then again, twice this season, one after the summer window or towards the end of it, and one after the January window towards the end of it, my board liked to sell my players. And they like to move my players on. So at the beginning of the season, the one that left 
was a new gen that we renamed Ragnarug uh, just because. Uh, and um, he was my holding midfield player. And he was sold from basically from under me. I didn't want him to go at all. And I, I was scrambling around trying to find somebody to come in. Eventually we did and, and set it and it was all fine. And in we go to the season. Now, I think I'd done a pretty good job in that summer transfer window. I upgraded a few players. I bought a couple of new players in, but mostly it was about squad depth because I felt the previous couple of seasons, we'd got to the last sort of quarter of the season maybe and my squad just died a death through fitness or whatever so I wanted to upgrade the quality throughout the squad so my target forward for example the replacement one that I've got is now better than the one I had previously for example so we, we go in we we make the decision that every Hungarian cup game and every Europa Conference League match, my second string 11 in my 25-man squad are going to play those games. And my first team 11 only play in the league matches and see what we can do. And we get off to a pretty good start. We qualify again for the Europa Conference League stage, the league stage of it, with my second string 11. So I'm happy about that. Didn't have an expectation about how well that would go, but we got there. Got through a couple of early rounds of cup competition as well. And then we started in the league and I've got my game up in front of me. I don't often do this, but I just need to make sure that I know roughly where I was going. Uh, oh, yeah, we won lots. It's good. <laughs> it's just seas of green. I mean, there's one or two red dots in there. We, we lost an early couple of games in the very early stages in the league itself. But actually, it was so early that it just we just didn't get going. So once we did we sort of put that behind us. And then through September, October, November, there's maybe one defeat, one draw. We get through to the sort of December sort of time and we carry on winning. So by the time January hits and we go into that mid-winter break in Hungary, as is always the case of about four weeks, we're sitting top of the table again, sort of in and around the top, only just, it's, you know, a little bit close, but we're doing pretty well. Uh, the likes of Ferenc Varos, again, are being a bit of a pain and hanging in there ultimately alongside us. Uh, so there's one or two teams that we have to be a bit concerned about. And then we go into the midwinter break. Do you remember I say that my board liked to sell the players from underneath me? Mm -hmm. They did it again. They did it again. Now, I mean, bearing in mind that we are absolutely in a title fight. There is no doubting it. We're in and around top spot at that midwinter break. We've got half a season to play. Just leave them alone for half a season, for goodness sake. But it, they didn't. They sold my right winger, another new gen that we'd uh, renamed Lima Lama. Uh, so um, he um, was a Brazilian right winger who was doing really well. And they sold him for like seven and a half, raising up to eight and a half or something like that, which is fine. Mm. The, the, the main difference this time round, which is actually why it turned out OK for me this time round, is that they did it just before the end of the window, not two days after my window had closed and everybody else's was still open, which they've done before, which was a pain. So I had time and I had a little bit of money. So what I actually did was also took two 34-year-olds out of my squad and, and moved them on because their physicals had fallen through the floor. And I thought, actually, for the second half of the season, I need a little bit more energy into my squad. So I uh, took those two out. I replaced my right winger, but I also upgraded my left winger and put a couple of other squad players in there as well. And actually felt 
like we were in a pretty decent position. So we move into the second half of the season. Let me just check um, and see which uh, games came out. Oh, yeah, Sea of Green. That's that's what we've got. I'm just checking. I'm, I'm looking at it. It's a lovely Sea of Green. Uh, through February, it was pretty good. We lost uh, one game there. By the way, my second string 11 are also getting through the Hungarian Cup rounds and qualified from the Europa Conference League stage wow. as well into the automatic spots of qualification. So top eight in that big, you know, mega long group that we have. So that's my second string 11 doing that as well. So we get out of that. We go into March. There is a bit of a loss to Ferenc Varos in the cup competition. I still played my second string 11 against Ferenc Varos, previous season's champions of the Hungarian League best squad in the league really uh and they beat me in the cup competition it was quite a big defeat but we beat them in the league two days uh, two games later and continued to rise to the top so now we reach the point where i'm actually at in my game i've got about 10 matches of the season left and in that there's a, at the moment two leg quarterfinal in the Europa Conference League against Craiova from, I think, Romania. Uh, so that's another potential winning game. I don't know. We'll see. But my second string 11 are doing very well. So that's in there. So we've got eight league matches to play. And if I go to the league table, the sea of green disappears. And what we discover on the table, actually, I am top of the league. Ferenc Varos, a third which is interesting. So they've not had their best season. Uh, a team called Kisvada are between us. I am currently on 59 points after 25 played. Not bad going. Kisvada in second, having played 25, are on 47. We've got a 12-point lead with eight to play. Ferenc Varos have played a game more than we have, and they're on 46. I can't guarantee at this moment that we're done because there's still eight games to play and this is FM and it genuinely hates me. But I think we might be doing it. And I was so desperate to get this done last Friday and finish it off and, and you know, a uh, uh, nice, neat little bow and then move on. The next destination would be Serbia, by the way, if we win it this time around because this is our fourth season in uh, Hungary. I know that we're moving sideways. So it's going to be out to Serbia next. So that's the next destination. But we're almost there. I mean, you know, goal difference wise, we're doing great. Goal scored, we're doing great. Uh, the players are fantastic. They're topping most lists in and around all the player stuff. The squad's really, really purring. But we've still got eight games to go. And I'm a little bit kind of, oh, how can we possibly bottle it? It will be interesting finding out. But 12 point gap. Eight games to play. What are you saying? Are we going to get out this time around? I think so, but I don't know so. And that's where I'm at with Hungary. Oh, fo if football manager is a very predictable game, everything <laughs> always happens exactly as we expect, Kev. So I'm sure it'll be a nice, comfortable eight games, eight wins, and you'll just, you know, you that sea of green will just get even, even larger, more deep, yep. beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, what can I ask you a hypothetical question? This is hypothetical because it. it's not happened yet. Oops. In in your in your save. So let's say hypothetically you win the league. FM, yes. can you hear? I'm not saying he has won the league. FM hypothetically, gods. yes. Do you then resign and wait for the job in Serbia, or do you stay at the job in Hungary and then wait for the job? How do you play it? 
Okay, so I always resign my position. Okay. Uh, and then there's a little bit of a randomness mm -hmm. uh, because I have to wait for a job to become available. I can't put myself into a job. I have to apply and pass the interviews and all that kind of stuff. The last time I did that was leading into Hungary, and actually it took me about a season and a half in-game where nothing happened because the Hungarian set of teams at that moment, for whatever reason, were really settled. And for a season, nothing came up other than maybe one that was down in, like, you know, bottom of the league and struggling with seven games to play or whatever it might have been of that particular season. So I really struggled to find a Hungarian job. Uh, the Puskas one came up because the previous season they won the league, which was actually the first time in their history. But then the manager just moved on to go and do something else. So that job became vacant. So yeah, I'm going to have to wait for a job in Serbia, potentially. I don't know what that's, uh, that looks like. Uh, but I will, at the point where the season comes and goes and we've been through all the end of season stuff and looked at all of my lovely timeline and all that kind of stuff then I will absolutely resign the position and see where it takes me now what I already know in this last season is that I have actually been offered interviews but for places that I can't go to yet and I can't remember whether I've said this on pod so if I have I'm really really sorry but if anybody's watching our network game that I'm I'm not sure whether we're doing this on Monday evening this coming uh, mm. Monday rich or not but watch out for us but if anybody's been watching our network game they'll see what a lovely relationship I have with Brighton and Hove, Al uh, Hove Albion <laughs> they offered me an interview in my let's play series <laughs> whilst I'm in Hungary and I can't go to England yet because there's a process to go through and I got to go to Serbia next but Brighton offered me a job interview which I just thought was hilarious on stream but there we go anyway didn't take it snubbed them because of what they did to me and i stayed in hungary at that point but yeah serbia next potentially hypothetically all of those other words fm gods leave me alone mm. and we will find out on monday afternoon where i go back uh for the patreons out there you might catch me on monday afternoon doing this after you've listened to the pod in the month on monday morning to everybody else that listens to us this on tuesday come and find out whether i'm crying or not in my next stream because that will determine whether i got out of hungry or not i'm gonna put it out there i'm gonna put it out there to the universe i think it is time for virtual kev to book himself Careful. a plane ticket He's done it for goodness oh, sake. Um, well, that's that done. So season five yeah, in Hungary. So, season five in Hungary. Can't wait. Yep, I think gonna, I'm in a good great. position squad-wise. I think I've got the balance of the squad right. I think I might lose one or two players in the summer, but we've got enough money to reinvest oh. into it and go again. Rich. Um, you never now, say I mean, it. The question is, the, here's, here, is a here is a hypothetical question for you. Uh, so in this current save, I've got eight games left. Hypothetically... If after four, I've done it, mm. hypothetically, what do you do about the semis or the final in the Europa Conference League if you get to it? Do you still play the second string 11 or do, do you put the first team 11 in there at that point to try and win the trophy? I don't really know what to do because the second string have done amazingly well. I mean, if I go and look at the other quarter finalists, let's see who we've got. Fiorentina versus Celta. Uh, from Spain are in there. Ajax versus uh, Tanava. 
from Slovakia, I think it is. Trabzonspor versus a small team called Chelsea. I don't know, you know, something like that. And then ourselves versus Krajova in the other one. So if I get through this round and get to the semi-finals, and my team have then potentially hypothetically won the league, <laughs> FM gods, what would you do? Would you play your second string 11 all the way through or would you then put your first team in and see whether you can win it uh, with them? You you field the strongest possible 11 you can. <laughs> Kev, it's a rich footballing tradition that the second string players start the cup games. They'll get you through to round the quarters or maybe even the semis and then you chuck them straight back down into the reserves. You put the first team out, you let them claim the glory because you, you, the thing you've got to think about, Kev, the mm. thing you've got to think about I'm thinking, is I'm that, thinking. obviously, hypothetically speaking, if the rest of the season goes well and you do end up in Serbia, indeed, there are some favourable jobs in that league. You've got the likes mm -hmm. of your Red Stars and you've got the likes of your Partizans. Mm -hmm. Yep. If they're looking at you as the United City FM European Trophy winner, oh, that, to, that to it's got me... got a ring about it, and it's got a ring Doesn't about it, though? It. Doesn't it, though? Like, you know, they can look at you and say, oh, well, you know, he gave the kids a chance, but then he just decided to play them against the stronger teams of the competition and just got knocked yeah. out in the semis. Or is this the guy that played it perfectly, got through the important bits, show that he can focus on two different competitions, and then when it was time, pulled the trigger, first 11, smashed it, lifted yeah. a trophy, won a league. Please take the top job in this country. Please take it immediately. <laughs> Rich, I mean, I've never said this, but what, what a terrible person you are. How could you do that to Kev's second <laughs> string? I would, of course, not do that. You, the second string are going all the way. They're going, no, they're not. Bring the first <laughs> team in. Bring him in and win that trophy, Kev. Get the double done. Get for, the double for, done. For a moment, I had this weird image of Callum and Rich on my shoulders as my, as my conscience niggling away <laughs> at me from either side. I go, go on, do it. No, don't do it. Go on, do it. See, it's All me. I'm, I'm, I'm Jabba's little mate. I'm Salacious Crumb. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> drop the reserves. Drop them. Never, yeah, I'm never going I, to I play for you again. If, if I get the opportunity four games from the end of my league season to put my second string into those league matches and switch it over and play the semi and the final with my first team and win a trophy, I'll be amazed by that. That would be amazing to do. We've got to the quarters and the semis before playing my first mm -hmm. team in this competition, but always found at this point in the season that they just fall off and it just struggles. So hopefully this time around, we've got the balance right and we'll see. But Monday afternoon is going to be potentially a fun one hopefully mm. hypothetically mm. speaking <laughs> i think i've covered myself enough on that one i think <laughs> i think you i think so i think so yeah some somewhere that M miles is just sat there with his finger hovering yeah. above the button that says ruin kev save um no, i think you're gonna be okay I, to be fair kev i think if you look at if you look at your time in hungary mm -hmm. across the big picture yeah obviously you would have preferred not to have had to have the extra season there but sure. if you can do a league and European Cup double in your fin final season, which propels you into a higher ranked job in Serbia, mm -hmm. I think that's time well spent. I, for one, will be excited to find out how Kev and uh, his boys' quest for trophies go. Uh, so, so the only other thing that I would say on top of all of that is at some point, mm -hmm. we are now in June, I am going to have to get a shifty on. 
because I've still got a long way to go to get home and we're kind of moving sideways a fair amount, which is lovely and it's very scenic and all that lovely stuff. But I've only got till October. I might have to win the next couple of leagues in one or two seasons at the most just to be able to move forward. We'll see. But it's it's already a little bit edgy. I was sitting there thinking the other day, is it only about, what have we got, about 16 weeks or something to play till the new game comes out? Or so, I don't know, 20 weeks, something like that. It's not actually that long when you're doing a long-term save. So I've got to get a shifty on now. So we'll see what mm -hmm. we can do. Oh, you're going to be absolutely fine. You're going to be absolutely fine. Easy. Kev, your, your acquisition of trophies is going to make our head spin. It is going to happen so quickly. Uh, and speaking of trophy acquisition, Segway, 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 segway. Um, in terms of you know, we, we, we've been doing our, our, our online, our offline saves, we've been doing our streaming, but but a brave group of people have started the battle for arguably the most prestigious trophy in the PvP world the title of winner of the FM playoffs. <laughs> it's back, boys. It's back. Last week, Jeb was here. Uh, he was he was hyping it up. He, he announced the return. We had a lovely old catch up with Jeb. Uh, obviously, path to the playoffs. We've we've finished that last week. The path to the playoffs. The competition that you know it's it's your way in. It's your way into the playoffs if you don't get the invite. And what an excellent competition it is. Uh, Callum and I had the privilege of getting to sit on the panel and discuss it all as it unfolded. Kev was there in the background, um, keep keeping an eye on us, making sure we were all behaving. Oh yes. I think I think we gave a fair account of ourselves. I mean, Callum, you, you were there. We spent a lot of time with each other last week, which was brilliant fun. I had a really enjoyable time doing it. Um, talk to us, bud. Path to the playoffs. It's back. It has happened. Um, let's talk Monday. Let's talk draft night. How do you mm. think the draft night went on Monday? I think the draft was a really interesting one. Um, I, we... We were on the on the panel alongside Dupe, who, by the way, how good is Dupe? Like, I I love that. I'd never met him before. I'd I'd seen him online a lot of times, um, obviously through the stream of Showdown and different different things like that. But he's fantastic. What what a what a character! And I, I've I've got so much time for Dupe. So uh, that was an absolute pleasure. Before we even talk about the actual path to the playoffs, that that mm. was really lovely. Um. The draft night was an interesting one. I have been quoted from that from that evening saying, and it's on it's on the FM playoffs TikTok. If you haven't already <laughs> followed their TikTok, go ahead and follow that. But um on their most recent TikTok, I've been quoted uh with a quote that was you don't ever win a draft on draft night, but you might lose it. And that was infamously on this TikTok shown with Salty B's draft. He didn't have a very good draft, bless him. Now, everyone was very busy discrediting the ever-lovely Pokes because Pokes is always there for a good time, not a long time, apart from not ever. Not everybody was sat there discrediting Pokes. Mm. Thank you very much, Callum. Not everybody. Just me, Jeb, Dupe, and the general public were discrediting yes. Pokes' draft. <laughs> and I think it almost... 
Salty's draft, don't get me wrong, I mentioned on several occasions that he looked very panicked throughout his draft, bless his heart. I love Salty B, by the way. I can't speak high enough for Salty B. He did look very, very panicked, but I don't think we realised the magnitudes of how much he potentially did mess it up, because it really didn't go to plan for him at all. And, it's, and this is the, the great thing about a draft, because you always have a plan. However much prep you do, whether you do hours and hours, or literally 15 minutes beforehand you do have a handful of players you go i need this player for my system i need this player to play the way i want to do and i think salty was quoted saying something on the lines of, well that's my first five picks all gone and <laughs> it just, like it's just it's just gone so wrong and there was one pick in particular that I think was monumental. And I mentioned it in, in the um, the final show when we're interviewing our eventual winner, who I won't go on to, uh, because obviously I feel like we'll get to that naturally. But it was Olivia Giroud. And Olivia Giroud was really, really important within this draft pool. Not only because he is one of the most handsome men alive, but because... He is a very, very good target forward. Me and Kev have talked about our love of target forwards on FM23 already this year, on um, a previous mm -hmm. pod. Target forwards, when they're good, are oh, my word, they're good. And everyone wanted him. All of the participants that I was talking to said, Giroud is very high on my list. I really want Giroud. And someone got him. And that someone went on to win the tournament. Coincidence? Can I, I also know. can I also just add on that little point there? The same afternoon that uh, he was um, playing in the matches, Oliver Giroud played for me in my United City Community uh, draft on my channel on that afternoon, and it was absolutely rubbish because <laughs> I was rubbish <laughs> apparently. So I was, you know, I I was the same. I thought, you know, Oliver Giroud, he's a perfect target mm. forward. He's going to mm. help connect everything together. And for whatever reason, drafting at the moment is not going my way. Anybody that was with us for the uh, FMT versus community night will know that as well. <laughs> he did nothing for me. And I thought, oh, that's a shame. I'll see whether, you know, that's part of the way that this uh, this is now going. And, and, you know, it'll probably have a really duff uh, playoffs evening as well. He really didn't have a duff playoffs no. evening, did he? It was fantastic. No. Now, that would suggest that our mystery winner, whoever that might well be, mm. might have had a better idea of what to do than I did. Uh, and I think that's fairly safe to say. But it was very interesting that on that day, I had him and he was genuinely rubbish. And that is my, draft mode. That is draft that mode is, in a nutshell, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> my takeaway from that is that, you know, Kev's, Giroud walked so our mystery <laughs> PvP winner Giroud could run. There you um, go. Just exactly. So we had it was a really interesting field of competitors. Um, mm -hmm. I think that we had in in uh, this month's path of the playoffs. Um, just running through them now, we have um, PvP Wunderkid Car X. We had Salty B, uh, as previously mentioned by Callum. We had the the grumpiest man in the FM community, Stinger. Or uh, FMJF, as, which I think deserved more on the night. FMJF. I really did too, one, actually. I was in the chat wonderful. and I thought, what, what are the tumbleweeds for? I thought that was magnificent. <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> wonderful pun. Because if you know, you know. You had the man who has played more pe uh, competitive PvP games than I've had hot dinners, Limo. Um, Cosa Bob with his beautiful beard and face and voice. Uh, 
Pokes, um, the people's champion, possibly. Mm. Uh, Wald McConville, uh, my wild card. And somebody pointed out I missed out wild card, which I'm furious <laughs> with me. myself about. It was I'm still you, angry. It was you. Yeah, still, <laughs> still angry. And you're right to be angry. And I've, I've apologized on Twitter for a number of things this week. And I'll keep referring to those tweets. Thank you very much. Uh, and we also had a PvP newcomer, um, mm. a poker player turned FMist. FMist, yep. FM player, uh, Fletch the Source. Yeah, it's 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 a whole thing. It's a whole thing. So super competitive draft pool, super mm. competitive draft pool straight away. Um, the draft pool itself, uh, the players they were selecting, it was any club that had qualified this year for a European quarter final, I believe. Mm. So Champions League, Europa League and Europa Conference League quarter finalists. Um, of course, there were some big teams in there, some really, really big teams. One of I think my biggest takeaway of the night, everybody wanted Olivier Giroud. People were desperate for Olivier Giroud. There was one player that I was waxing lyrical about in the in the pre-show, and it's the thing I always say whenever he's in a draft pool. If you can pick him, you get Erling Haaland in your team and you just build around him because he's the best striker in the game. And if he's available, you pick him. That, as it turned out, was not necessarily the plan for the first five people to draft players. Stinger drafting in sixth position, picked up Erling Haaland, which to me was mind-blowing. I mean, I know we've talked a big deal, we've talked a big game about players like Giroud because he does a lot of things very, very well. One of those being just making me very, very happily um, facially because he's gorgeous. But lads, if you're like Kevin Callum, I'll ask you the question because I'm not mm. sure it came up on the night. If yep. you were in that draft, mm. if you were drafting one through five and Erling Haaland was available, mm. were you picking him up? Or are you bypassing him or are you going elsewhere? Callum? Um, I think, for me personally, I think Stinger hit the nail on the head in the sense of if the draft was 350 million, I think people would have got him in pick one. However, I think people panicked when they lost the 50 million. And when I don't think I can afford to spend 90 million on Haaland, they were wrong. 100% I would have picked him. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what I know of myself and the way that I draft and the fact that it's going really, really well for me in draft, I would not have picked him. Ooh. I wouldn't have. If, if um, I was on the most recent version of the Super League panel, covering their draft most recently, and within the panel job, you have to provide like picks you're looking at that are going to be fantastic, maybe a fraudulent pick that you think maybe shouldn't be where they are, all that kind of stuff. And my fraudulent pick was Mbappe. Because I can never be convinced that Mbappe is going to be the difference maker to get you qualified through a group stage or win a trophy because he can blow hot and cold for the amount of money that you have to spend on him. So my response to the question from Rich is, no, I wouldn't have bought Haaland because I don't tend to go really big pick and then figure out what to do. I try and spread the cost and get a balanced squad and work, you know. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, who got Haaland? Stinger. Stinger got Haaland. Did he qualify? Well, there's an interesting question. Did he qualify? in Well, under the old path of the playoff format... <laughs> Yes, yes. Yes. Under the qualify. under the new one, which was purely based on getting Sting and not to qualify, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of didn't qualify, did he? He no, he he didn't. It was announced. Mm, 
I mean, it was really unlucky, bless him. It was on like goal difference or whatever and it all that was, kind of stuff. Yeah. I've been there. I've been dumped out of drafting competitions, ranked ones on coin tosses before in-game and all that mm -hmm. stuff. It's awful, but he didn't actually qualify. And Haaland didn't light up the show enough to balance out the rest of his squad to drag him through. And with 300 million to spend, personally, I wouldn't have. See, I'm really surprised, though, because... If you looked at the drafts and the squads that people did, I think Stingers was head and shoulders above everyone else's mm. as a draft. And and obviously Haaland is a part of that, but the rest of his draft was very, very good. I yep. don't think he hampered himself at all by getting Haaland. I think sometimes if you're not as experienced like Stinger is in drafting, I think getting a Haaland can be a big mistake because then suddenly you don't have that pool of players in that sort of 10 million bracket that are excellent. Stinger does. So I don't think it was a risk for Stinger. I think your, your point about him blown hot and cold, the thing is, when they're cold, it's a real pain because you've spent a lot of money on them. But when they're hot, they win your tournaments. And, and that's the thing about your Mbappes and your Haaland's in draft mode, because when they, you know, when you're your normal player, your 20 million power player, when they're hot, they can be good. Don't get me wrong, but there's a reason why they're 20 million and Haaland's 90, because when he's hot, he's unplayable and you can't touch him. And that, I suppose that's the gambling element, isn't it? I, I, sure. To an extent. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, if, though, if there's anybody watching or listening who's not massively familiar with the concept of a PvP competition, um, you're given a budget. Every player in the game is allocated a set price and you can budget, you can bring players into your team until that money is gone. In PvP, it's really, really important to know which players, high value players, are going to, as Karen says, potentially win your competition if they're in form. But there's also a pool of players that aren't particularly valuable within the database itself but are still excellent, excellent players. Players like, for example, Pedro Porro, currently on loan at Spurs um, from Sporting, absolutely phenomenal right-sided fullback. And in terms of the in, in terms of the cost of players in PvP, an absolute bargain, you know. In, and there are players out there that if you have enough knowledge of the game, you can go big with a player like Erling Haaland, but you can still field a competitive team for these players that aren't as high value but are still, in terms of their attributes, in terms of what you can get out of them, still very, very good. And Stinger balanced that brilliantly. He, he His 11, sorry, his starting 11 was fantastic. He had depth in his bench. As Callum says, it was a very, very strong squad. And there were some strong squads across the night, I think we all agreed. Um, Car X, a very, very strong squad. Um, he went, he was picking up high value, but low cost players early doors. He had a load of money coming uh, by the end of his last picks. And then he picked up Leon Goretzka, who is one of the best central midfielders in the entire game um, with his, his final pick, which was lauded. Like we thought that was a masterstroke because like, Goretzka just instantly made his team better. Um, Fletch the source, the man who spent, I think it was 10, 11 hours prepping mm -hmm. for this draft, drafted yeah. a really, really solid team. Like mm -hmm. um, Limo, a master of the 4-4-2. Um, he drafted a classic Limo 4-4-2. Really, really, really strong draft. There were a couple of drafts that people could argue weren't necessarily as good, like Salty B um, had a bit of wobble. You know, if you've ever watched Salty B draft before, he loves Evan Nielsen. He loves Marco Royce. Neither of those players were available in that pool for him. So we were saying, who's going? who is going to find to replace them? As it turns out, nobody. Um, Pokes. <laughs> 
um, drafted a lot of second string Manchester United players and finished with, you know, we, we've talked about the most important pick being um, Olivier Giroud. For my money, the most important pick of the tournament was Tom Huddleston, which I thought was a stroke of genius for the boy pokes. A stroke of genius. I think we can all agree after Monday, I, I don't think there was on paper we had favourites, but with FM being FM, PVP being PVP, I don't really think that there was on paper a clear winner. There were a number of managers mm -hmm. that we thought were going to do well, but there was nobody who was necessarily guaranteed to get through, uh, which I so suppose I, brings I, us... Oh, sorry, I, I want to give an honourable no, 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 mention not, to not Bob as well. I thought Bob drafted really well, um, mm -hmm. and he was unfortunate not to go through because in the tournament he got two red cards um, in separate mm. games, which really affected those games. Um, and you just can't do anything about that in draft. Mate. It's, it's such a pain when you've got a plan... And someone so integral to it, and you, and both of those games he went on to lose when he had that red card, and you know doesn't get the red. Does he pick up points there? Does it affect it? Does he maybe sneak in? And I think I think Bob was really unfortunate on the evening. Mm. Mm -hmm. I think that's I think that's a fair point. Um, it wasn't the only kind of you know a not well, not anomaly, but rare thing we saw in the competition itself. So I guess mm. this brings us on to Thursday. Um, as I say, strong field. Everyone's drafted well everybody's put in a bit of time. Everyone has an idea of how they want to set up and play. Um, I covered a lot of uh, our boy Wald McConville's games. I covered a lot of Wald. Um, going into the competition, Wald had told me that he was like, right, I want to get a strong attack in. I want to get goal scorers in. I know how I want to play. He said, I want a Jack Grealish-esque player. And he got Jack Grealish, so he was delighted. <laughs> um, you know, he, he had... Exactly. He had a strong front line. Um, players like Julian Alvarez, who is about around the 15, 16 million pound mark. You get a lot for 15 million, you know, 15 million pounds on Julian Alvarez. You had Romelu Lukaku, who I am a big advocate of in PvP. Players like Chiesa, Grealish. He had strong front line. Defensively, not terrible. But we always say in drafts, we always say in drafts, the recommendation is you get two goalkeepers in. Because there is always going to be the chance that one of your keepers picks up an injury and has to miss a game. And if that happens, you need backup because the rules of the FM playoffs are you can't use grayed out players in your team. Wald did this. Wald drafted two goalkeepers because he was very, very sensible. Unfortunately, his starting goalkeeper, uh, Lunin, picked up a knock early doors in one of his games had to That's miss fine, Rich. he's got one more it's fine exactly he's got, he's got one more goalkeeper, goalkeeper. wouldn't it you know and, and let's be honest it's it's so rare that you see a goalkeeper pick up an injury anyway let alone two that wouldn't happen oh no wait it did that's exactly what happened to him um wald made playoffs history by for the first time ever he just didn't have a goalkeeper for one of his games um he had lunin and he had uh nadi as well his backup goalkeeper picked up another knock he had to go into one of his games goalkeeperless now we've seen people play strikerless we've seen midfielderless we've seen tony jameson's murder ball tactic where he just like nope there's a defense there's an attack and that's all there needs to be um anything else is just weighing us down in the middle we've seen people just abandon defenders chuck them all up top place in games never especially in a competitive pvp competition have we seen somebody play keeperless um i was covering that game and it was a really, really interesting one because he was up against Fletch the Source, newcomer to the competition, Fletch, mm -hmm. who didn't start brilliantly. I think it was fair to say, you know, picked mm -hmm. up, you know, losses early doors. Big game for both players. We interviewed Fletch 
after the competition and I said to him, you must like, he, the man loves poker, solid poker face. And I was like, you must have been delighted when you found out that you were lining up against somebody with no goalkeepers. And Fletcher said, no, actually I wasn't mm-hmm. because I don't want to win that way. I don't want to yep. win that way. But he won that way because he had to. <laughs> it was what <laughs> happened. It was it was a demolishing. It was an absolute. It, it, I felt so bad. I felt so bad for Wald. I think he started the game. I'm just having a quick glance back over his squad now. I think he started the game. Slimani wasn't it? Slimani, it was Slimani. Yes, thank you. It was Slimani. He was bless him. He was frantically clicking through his squad, seeing who had the highest outfield. Uh, it was a like goalkeeper rating. It was Slimani. Slimani didn't have a strong first game. So at half time goalkeeper substitution on comes Jan Vertonghen um <laughs> absolutely superb absolutely superb Vertonghen by the way made a couple of really really good saves and then <laughs> let in some really really sloppy goals but it was the first time ever first time ever we've seen somebody have to go into a competitive game pvp without an actual goalkeeper which I thought was just quite superb quite superb and credit where due to Fletch after as I say he said he didn't want to win that way mm-hmm. no, no fun for him had it been me I'm rubbing my hands together. Like, this is going to be, <laughs> this is going to be the best thing that's ever happened to anybody. I'm going to win this game 17 nil. I would have taken full advantage of that. I mean, Callum, you you were there. You saw it unfolding. Mm. Where do you fall in that respect, mate? Are you are you team Rich? No, no. We're going to go out there. And we're going to score loads of goals. Or are you team Fletch? No, I want to win honourably. It's it's a really tricky one, isn't it? Because ultimately, mm. you are in a competition. And mm. I, I would make the argument, you know, that I said before about Bob getting red cards. You can't go, oh, well, you've got a red card, so I'm now going to be a bit easier on you. You've, you've got mm. to win. You've got to win what's put in front of you, haven't you? As, as it is, it, ethically, it's a little bit dodgy, isn't it? With, with the goalkeeper not being in. And, and ultimately, you know, Fletch, we're talking about the games now, so I suppose we can talk about qualifying. Fletch had mm. a fairly average start to to it. He didn't he played okay, but he wasn't picking up results. Then he went to one seven nil because of the the keepers. It could have been more. Let's face it, it could have been more. But seven mm-hmm. nil, that's like a free morale boost halfway through a mm. tournament. You know, it sometimes is. in t- in tournaments you get like if you get for a group, for example, they might give you an injury wipe or something like that because you've done the best. That was the equivalent of what he had. He had this, here you go, go and batter someone. You can just absolutely batter someone. All your players are going to be over the moon after that game. And coincidentally, Fletch then went on to qualify. Now, I'm not saying it was because of that game, but that game certainly helped. It certainly Mm. helped because his team momentum is gigantic on drafts if you lose your first couple it starts going teetering over and then you do tend to see that same person maybe might win their last game because it doesn't matter at that point but that was huge it was huge for Fletch to win that game um and so he went through would he have said you know in hindsight if he said well actually Fletch you had no goalkeeper do you want to take those three points off you of course he wouldn't of course Mm. he wouldn't so I think that was a very long way of answering it. I would have gone and battered him. 20 nil. <laughs> exactly. That's because it's just one of those things. It's when you're dealt that hand to me, it's, it's a competition. You've got to take full advantage of it. And as you say, that boost in morale, there's, there's nothing quite like it when it comes to a PVP game. Nothing. It's, mm. it's, underrated in terms of just how important it is to your squad, like progressing through the game. I mean, Kev, I'm, I'm guessing, mm. are you, t- I, I'll ask you the question, I suppose. Are you, are you, mm-hmm. are you team rich? Are you, are you going out there? Are you putting 12 goals past somebody with no keeper? 
and just feeling really good about yourself afterwards? Uh, I am putting 12 goals past a uh, no goalkeeper whilst apologizing profusely, <laughs> uh, basically, just because. Um, no, I, you know, there, there is an element for me where if you enter these competitions, it's not just because you want to show up and have a lovely time. You'd like to do well. You'd like to succeed in some form. And I think anybody suggesting otherwise isn't probably being totally truthful. Uh, although, it is a lovely thing to participate in as well, just for the sake of it. But uh, I have a competitive streak. I have chosen at this point to step away from drafting myself for a little while, not because of a competitive streak, but just because they're not going brilliantly and I haven't figured out why and it's a bit frustrating. Um, but I would absolutely, on the call with the other one, be apologising every single time we kick a ball to each other. It's just because you don't, you know, I, it just feels a little bit unfortunate, doesn't it, really? And I, I'd hate it to be the other way around. If I was dealing with a, uh, a non-goalkeeper in that kind of context, I don't know what I'd do. I'd just sit there and take it, but wouldn't be enjoying it particularly. So I get all of it, but, you know, I, I would be apologising profusely while scoring 12 goals. <laughs> I, think, I think that's the balance, isn't it? I think that's the balance because if you, yeah, it's it's one of those weird things, isn't it? Like if you're rubbing your hands together, because you know you're going to have the opportunity to score goals. But I also don't think, I think you have to take the victory in the manner that it's been achieved. So, mm. you know, you haven't, you've, you've not won a game 12, 13 nil because you've completely outplayed your opponent, tactical masterclass. You've just mm -hmm. done them all over the pitch. You've set up brilliantly. You've done it because they had no goalkeeper. So I think the, 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 just the apology after every goal, I think is, is, is a reasonable, I think it's a reasonable balance. I think it's a reasonable compromise there which is fair enough. I mean, we've said so we've, we've taught Fletch. We've taught qualification for him. Um, mm -hmm. Well done to him. First well, time well out. Done. It's always a big for, thing to achieve exactly. in your first time out. 100%. 100%. I've, I've taken part in a couple of paths to the playoffs and I've, I've still never qualified. I've always finished a point either side of it or in one case goal difference, which was a bit frustrating. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it happened. So to have got through, he picked up morale at the right time. He, he won his first game and then he just carried that on. And you know, regardless, say, regardless of that that win against Wold, he still had to go out and he still had to play three other games, which he then had to win, which he did. So credit where credit is due to Fletch the Source. Yeah. He is through. He will be taking part in next week's next week's playoffs proper. Mm -hmm. Um Callum, I mean, there's a couple of other lads that qualified. Is there anybody that, that springs out to you that you might want to have a little quick chat about next? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the ever impressive Carex. I, th I think mm -hmm. he he claimed the second place, um, qualified quite comfortably. At no point did it look like he wasn't going to. He's becoming a very good drafter, um, and mm -hmm. th th I think he plays the game an awful lot. So he obviously knows the game well. But he he spoke about how, in his interview how he hadn't really done competitive drafting until this year. It's very impressive. It is very impressive. You can't deny. Uh, dare I start to put him in the hood bracket? Dare I start to put Ooh. him in the bracket of drafters where it starts to become a shock if they don't do well? Because I think that's the level we've got to with Hood. And I've said to him on a couple of occasions, how would you do it? Like, How are you so consistently good in drafts? Because it feels like a lottery to me. And Carr is now getting to those, those levels. He is clearly very good at it. He clearly really enjoys it. He does take it very seriously, which might be part of the reason why he does well in it. Um, but you've, you've got to take your hat off to him at this stage. You really do, because it is impressive what he's doing. And um, I think, as I say, 
he said before coming into it, was it to you, Rich, that he basically mm-hmm. said he has to qualify? Yeah. Right? That, 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 mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't know whether I'd ever go into a draft with that sort of attitude. However, I've not won tournaments. I've not, you know, been in a situation where I'm regularly qualifying for the main tournament. So maybe I haven't got the right to sort of have that attitude. He is doing that. He's won the Super League. He's regularly getting into the latter stages of competitions. Um, and so, like I say, it's just, it's got to the point now where it's like, yeah, it's quite impressive. <laughs> it's quite impressive what he's doing, really. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's another, it's yeah, it's another person who now you chuck him into the playoffs and you go, oh, this isn't just going to be Hood winning this. Carl's going to give him a good go here, you know, alongside the the rest of the competitors who obviously we don't know yet, other than the the three that have got through the path to the playoffs. Um, It's going to be a really, really interesting show this week. It really is. Can I I put a cat amongst the pigeons on that one a little bit and just Mm -hmm. say, I I echo a lot of what you've said. I think what Carl has done in the last eight months has been fantastic to get the consistency that he has. Now, there is one reason and one reason only that I will not put him in the hood category just yet. And the only reason for that is come back during FM24 when the game is different and you have to figure out a new way to do it and do it again and then I will, because that's, that's what Hood has done. Over the last couple of iterations of the game, he has been consistent and successful at various points throughout a longer period of time over different iterations of the game. FM23, for whatever reason, Carr is being incredibly successful and fair play to him on the draft. Mm-hmm. If he does it in 24, then I'll put him in that category yeah. because that would be impressive. That's fair. 100%. The key word you just highlighted there, Kev, is consistency. Because Steve Hood has been exceptionally good at PvP for many iterations of FM now. Mm-hmm. Um, Carr has, as you say, he's he's been smashing. Is it November was his first his first mm-hmm. PvP competition? You know, we're now sat here in early June, and he's got he's got the credentials. I was say I said on the draft night, in terms of you know, in terms of the FM playoffs, if path to the playoffs is the Europa League, Car X is severe. Because he just he just knows how to win. He knows how to win games. He knows how to win the competition. He knows how to, or at least bare minimum, he knows how to qualify. I mean, a lot of it it all comes back to you know the conversation that was had with the McKins after one of the playoffs, where he was like, look, you know, there's two there's two very different ways of playing this game. You know, you can do what McKins did, and you can turn it, you can draft, have a good time, plug in a four two three one Gengen press, and just see what happens, or there's the flip side of the coin. You've got the people like your car X's. You've got your people like your Fletch the Sources who put so much time and effort into the game to getting progressively better and better and better at PvP. It's two very, very, very different approaches. Neither one of them is the wrong one because if we've said it once, we've said it a hundred times this podcast, there is no incorrect way of playing Football Manager. If you're having a good time and enjoying yourself, then you are playing the game correctly. So it really is, it's it's going to be interesting to see what his future holds. I mean, Callum, as you rightly say, come the main competition, Carl's going to be one of those people that's going to be there. He's going to be one of those people that's there or thereabouts come the end of it. You, you'd put your money on it. You'd put, you'd put your mortgage on it. I would. Um, I'm not going to because my wife would kill me, but I would if I had the opportunity to, you know. But It's, it's interesting it's, because having been on a lot of panels, he's rarely tipped. 
and that's and that's a criticism on myself mm. as well. But it's rare that people do actually go. I think Carex is going to win this, and I, I wonder why. Mm. I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe it is because of longevity. Maybe it maybe mm. it is because as much as eight months seems like a long time when you talk about past iterations. Obviously, Carex, yeah, and that's that's not a criticism. You can't be criticised for not being there. Sure. But you know, what I mean, mm. maybe 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 that's why. Because I think when the playoffs come around this week. There will be p- people tipping, you know, the favourites who have been in previous iterations. That I, as I say, I don't know who's in it this time round, other than I, I assume the previous champion. But you know, it, you you can't help but go, oh well, this person's been really good over a long period of time, so I think they will get through. And I wonder when that starts happening with Car. I suppose. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think it's a va- very, very valid point. Um, I mean, I say for me path of the playoffs just seems to be the man's bread and butter so i again another really really consummate performance uh but not the most consummate performance of the evening no when we've talked about it earlier we said somebody got hold of olivier Giroux, and somebody won path the playoffs utilizing him perfectly and that man was friend of the podcast friend of the people just all round excellent human being limo Blimo did what we we talked about first in Path of the Playoffs. Wald McConville will go down in history as the first person that ever had to play a field a team with no goalkeeper. Limo is the first person to just sweep, the full sweep, seven wins from seven for Limo. Absolutely incredible. I mean, Callum and I were sat there analysing it on the panels the night went on. Kev, Mm -hmm. I know you were just sat at home watching the competition. I was. Just as a spectator, Mm -hmm. what was it like watching a performance that strong from somebody like Limo? I mean, let's let's build the picture a little bit and say Limo is the person with the most amount of draft games under his belt in competitive ranked draft competitions. This guy is a drafting machine, for goodness sake. And you know sort of what you're going to get from him. It's always an iteration of the 4-4-2. It's a structure. It's a style of play that he likes. It's a structure and a style that I really like too. But... It hasn't always just blanketed success all the way through for Limo. He's blown hot and cold occasionally, has to go back to the uh, drawing board a little bit here and there just to re, uh, restructure a couple of bits. I've had some really great battles with Limo on draft competitions myself and sometimes beaten him and sometimes been absolutely done in by him completely. But on this occasion, he said that at four in the morning, the day of the matches, he was in there in his own uh, place, figuring out the best way to set this 4-4-2 up in the way that was going to bring him the most success. And boy, did it work for him. It was magnificent and it was dominant and it was structured and the amount of instructions that were given to the team and other things were mighty. And you just occasionally you question a few saying, are there too many instructions? There aren't if every instruction has its purpose and its place within a whole complete picture that Limo has built. And that is what Limo's really great at figuring out the big picture and fitting it all in. So Giroud was obviously really important. Number of other players. He didn't have a couple of his regulars in there that he would often have specifically in his midfield because they weren't available to him. But he's magnificent. Leading in, this is what we were saying about Carr may not quite get this yet. Leading into the competition, I sit there and look at the field and go, well, Limo's doing doing great, isn't he? 
even before he's even drafted, you think he's going to draft solidly. He's got a plan. He knows what he's going to do. He'll put it on the pitch and it'll probably be successful enough to get him through at the very, very least. But boy, did he go through seven wins out of seven. First time done in a, a playoffs history in that sense. And he was absolutely magnificent all evening long. But it didn't seem to be a particularly stressful thing, did it? It kind of just set it going and kind of let it do its thing and tweaked it here and moved it there and chilled out all the way through and magnificent and rightly goes through to next uh, week's uh, FM playoffs finals week as somebody you've got to be paying attention to. Because if he can get a similar group of players together that play that system in that way, as well as he did this last week, I don't know. Can he do it again? We'll find out, I guess. He's done it twice already. He's he's done it twice already. You know the 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 nickname that always comes up is it is is it finally going to be time for three mo? And based on that performance and path to the playoffs, he's got to be in consideration, hasn't he? Because like I say, it was a competitive field. You know, Car, Fletcher, Source, Stinger, Cosa Bob, the the man drafts religiously the Cosa Cup on Wednesday nights. Bob knows PvP. Like he has had to qualify against some really, really, really talented like PvP players to get through that, and to have done it in the manner that he did as well, like it was nothing short of incredible. So, come this week's competition, Limo is going to be somebody I think we are all looking at, and uh, you know I'll have my fingers crossed for him just because I think this is the other thing about Limo. He's just it doesn't get said enough. He's just such a wonderful dude, such a lovely, lovely, lovely guy, and that's no. I'm not discrediting anybody we've talking about we've spoken about before today uh, who we haven't had said this said this about mm -hmm. but Limo's different gravy such a great guy um what he does in in his, in his just everyday work is incredible um he, he works for a mental health charity wonderful dude um mm -hmm. we, we wish him all the best um yep. can I, just as we're winding up on the playoff stuff can I just say as a as a spectator of the this last week of action on the path to the playoffs it's a bit like what we were talking about originally uh, earlier in the podcast about not having been here for a week and listening to it as a mm -hmm. viewer or whatever later in the week I get to step back and sit and watch the product and watch it work knowing how it works and how it functions behind the scenes and all that kind of stuff and again huge credit to Jebaru, Tony, uh, Ali and Moza for what they do in putting all this stuff together at a point where all four are incredibly busy human beings as well which is impressive but on top of that whilst i was incredibly disappointed and frustrated that we were one person away from having an fmt takeover on the path to the playoffs this week because <laughs> i wasn't on it but the three of you were with jeb hosting and the two of you in there uh, and dupe came in i thought oh Dupes a bit good and they'd make a great podcast team. No, they wouldn't. I want my podcast. Keep my podcast. <laughs> All evening long, I was sitting there thinking that. They were fantastic. What I will say, really seriously, and I know that I'm the nicest man in the community and the bloody bloody and such like, it was really brilliant. Seriously, it was not just good. It was really brilliant. The four of you on the panel were excellent. The structure of how this now works is excellent. It produced a great package of shows for the last couple, uh, the last couple of shows uh, for the draft and the matches evening. I love you two to bits. I love Jebaru to bits. You know this, but Dupe is a superstar. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. He really is. And that's not to diminish anything that anybody else does at all, but he lifts everybody because he's so sharp and quick witted and, you know, just on it all the time. And he's not afraid of giving an opinion and being out there and pushing the buttons and all that kind of stuff. Doop is a superstar. So Doop, if you're out there watching, love you to bits. You were amazing this week. I really, really hope we see you back on the playoffs again very, very soon in that capacity because you were magnificent. But so were you guys as well because you held your own with an absolute superstar of the scene. And I genuinely mean that. I thought you were great in every way possible. It was a great couple of shows. Really loved it. Mm. Uh, and um, yeah, I'm hereby resigning from my position. No, I'm, not. I'm, not. I'm going to be back on the playoffs at some point, and I can't wait because it's where I feel most at home. But it was a brilliant show to everybody that was in, in involved in that in front of the camera behind the scenes. You did brilliantly well. Thank you, Kev. But, Thank you. Know, you. They, they knew what they were booking. They they knew what they were going to get. Um, but I still want the FMT takeover at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it definitely. Will it's going to happen. Don't you worry about that. Don't you worry about that for a second. We're getting it um well and there's one little thing we want to have a little bit of chat about before we left and mm -hmm. i think to be fair i think i think i can segue this i can absolutely segue this so we've talked about we were just talking about um limo's exceptional mm -hmm. qualification campaign um from peter to be um he was wonderful i was looking at his 442 we've said it before he's the master of the 442 the man knows the formation he knows how it works but when I actually looked at the squad, when I was covering his games, I was looking and not only was it the instructions, he had a lot of players playing in very, very, very specific roles on the pitch. And, you know, it got us to thinking. It got us to thinking. There are so many different things you can do. You know, a central midfielder is not just a central midfielder this year. There are so many things they can bring to the table, so many things they can provide. Same with your forwards, your wide players, your fullbacks. I want to ask you, boys, just before we start to wrap up for the day, uh, Kev, we'll start with you. Mm -hmm. What is your favourite role this year on Football Manager? Uh, goalkeeper. You're welcome, Wald. Uh, no, seriously <laughs> not. <laughs> but, you know, we, we have a goalkeeper in every team that we play, whatever, anything else is in there, don't we really? But So it's kind of vital. But, uh, yeah, it's not my favourite. Uh, this is actually a little bit tricky. There's there's a, a, like two or three that I could go to. Uh, in previous iterations, it's been a shadow striker sitting in between two strikers and running through and getting on the end of it. Pedro Goncalves is my favourite player on FM for a reason. And it's that role that did that for me. He is amazing at it, if you get it right. So there's one option, but it's actually for this iteration. We've already talked about it. And I suspect I'm lucky over Callum because I got in here first, potentially. And uh, you, Rich. It's got to be the target forward for me. I mean, there are there are others. There's always I've really enjoyed using it an anchor man in my midfield in the last little section of my hungry save. I've changed it and dropped him in and made him an anchor man. And it gave us more stability and all that kind of stuff. I also like a slightly withdrawn right winger in my setup, in my asymmetric weirdness that I go for. So there's a couple of others, but the target forward and it's, it's when it, it when you get it right, it's magnificent because he does so much. He holds up the play. He's on the end of heading uh, for crosses. He's a set-piece menace all the time. But he's also, in and around the top of the box, he's got a decent shot on him or a decent pass on him, can get involved in pretty much every part of your play and knits everything together and makes everybody else work. So for me, it's the target forward, but there's a couple out there that could feel very, very hard done by by that. 
Can't say fairer than that, can you? Um, Callum, are you now just rapidly sat there trying to think of a different role that Kev's already set target forward? I got there first. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, no, target forward is a solid second for me. This year, I have learnt how to use defensive midfielders. And I think as a role on FM23, I think defensive midfielders are massive. Now, I'm not obviously talking about a DM, a specific DM. I'm talking about roles within a defensive midfielder. Um, one of my favourites, which I have used, I'd say borderline successfully for a while, is a halfback. I love a DM that drops between the centre-halves. And as I'm learning more and more about the game, how effective that can be if you want your wing-backs to go is massive. The difference between a halfback and an anchorman was really interestingly discussed um, from views on the touch from the touchline um, on Twitter, where they literally went through quite a long... Um, comparison between an anchor man and a halfback and it's really eye-opening actually like out of possession and in possession uh, it made me feel like a real fm nerd and i loved it um and but that's not my answer because my answer is another defensive midfield role that mr jameson himself forced me into using a little while ago and i haven't looked back since and that role is of course the beautifully named Segundo Volante. I love him. I love a good Segundo Volante because if you can use it correctly and you get the right player in that role, because ultimately, for people who don't know, it's a box-to-box -box midfielder, really. It's a box-to-box -box midfielder, but they are genuinely box-to-box -box because they're your DM. So they fly literally from one your own box all the way to the other box. And a, a Segundo Volante on attack is a thing of beauty if you get it right. It really, really is. I all, sometimes, sometimes I play two. Oh. Play two Segundo Volantes. Cheeky. Um, I'm, not, I'm not giving away my PvP team at all, but it works. <laughs> it works. <laughs> um, so, you know, but as a role this year, I think it's my favourite because now I get it. And being able to turn around to people and go, yeah, I know, I'm yeah, Segundo Volante probably. People who don't play football manager like, pardon? Like, yeah, that's my favourite. Goodbye. <laughs> it's just like, just drop that in there and run. How about you, Rich? What's your favourite role? Well, well, I'm going to be difficult. I'm going to be very, very difficult here because for me, my favourite role this year isn't an individual role. It's a combination of roles. And without trying them on their own, I can't get results. But putting them together seems to work really, really, really nicely. I Do you want really... to borrow my fence, Rich? <laughs> I've heard it's very comfortable. I've heard it's lovely up there. Um, I, I'm going to prefer my high horse. Thank you very much. No, um, no my, my favourite, it, it's, it's a combination of roles. Um, and this year, when, again, when it works, it works brilliantly. I really like two strikers. And I like having a pressing forward sat next to a poacher. Pressing forward on support, poacher. Because somebody, because we all know how effective a high press can be this year. You know, it's it's been the same for FM after FM after FM after FM since everybody realized that Gengam press is actually quite helpful. Having somebody up top whose job it is to literally just run around and, you know, put pressure on those defenders and try and win the ball back is brilliant. But pair them up with a poacher, you've already got somebody who is going to be there or thereabouts on the shoulder of that last defender. So if you get somebody who can press high, win that ball back, put pressure on the defensive midfielders, put pressure on the defenders, win that ball back, instantly you've got somebody there 
that can get on the end of a pass and is going to cause trouble and is going to score goals. For me, if you can get that combination working, you are going to win games. I, I've not tried it much in PvP this year. I have done in previous M's. Hey, maybe on account of how not good I'm doing at PvP this year, I might bring it back. Who knows? Spoilers. Um, I, I probably won't. <laughs> too lazy but you know if you can get it working it works really really well a poacher on their own no it's it it doesn't work they need somebody to play off a pressing forward on their own you if you're playing a one striker system with a pressing forward you're suddenly relying on either your wide players on like somebody like a shadow striker behind you're relying on them being exactly where they need to be at the right time depending on how the move has gone, depending on how high you've won the ball back up, they might not be there yet. So then you've got somebody holding the holding up the ball who's more than likely to lose it again. But with that poacher, there's just that person. That's like, my job is to wait on that last defender's shoulder, break through, and I'm just there and available, and I'm one-on-one, -on -one, and chances are I'm probably going to score. So that's the one for me. Both of them together, on their own, stinky, together. Very, very good. Very, very good. <laughs> we like them. Um, but I guess, that, that, I guess, well, Jeb's not here, but I, I'd like to ask a fourth person. So, hey, we'll ask you, audience. Hello. Hi, yeah, audience member, you beautiful human being, you. Uh, what's your favourite? What is your favourite this year? We would like to know. We would genuinely like to know. Tell us. Drop it in the comments under this video on YouTube. Stick it in the Discord. DM us. Write it down in a letter and just send it to every address in the country. And chances are one of us will get it at some point. But we would genuinely like to know what is your favorite role this year's FM. Tell us for why. And we'll just maybe, hey, maybe we'll bring it up next week if we get enough. Who knows? We might do. It's a good thing to do. Um, but there we are. Boys, I liked your feedback. I liked your opinions there. Callum, you've sold me on double Segundo Volantes. Um, maybe <laughs> I can. It. I've not yep. used one, let alone Oh, two. you've got to. It'll open your eyes. <laughs> Apparently, you're just not living, Kev. You're just not <laughs> living. Apparently, not. maybe, maybe um, in Serbia. Who knows? May, maybe double Serbia. Hypothetically, 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 hypothetically speaking, <laughs> he's already planning it. He's already planning it now, um, fellas. I, I don't know about the two of you, but I reckon that's a podcast. How do you both feel? Agreed. I'm going to go with it. It felt Good. like a podcast. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, yes, it was. It a, podcast. Like a podcast in here. Yeah, it, it, I, I feel like we've done pod. Um, I was going to we... phone a friend, but then I decided <laughs> it was a bit too much. So we're all here. Um, you don't need yep. to. Um, we'll all agree. Um, but before before we go, before we go, um, before we do our wrap ups and our plugs, um, we have important things to discuss, and it wouldn't feel right me doing it. So I'm going to I'm going to hand you over to the brainchild, the man behind the wonderful things. Callum, talk to us about wonderful things, pal. Oh, Rich. Well, I'm really excited because I had a plan and it might happen. No, it is happening. Um, <laughs> on the 29th of July, fans of Football Manager and Football Manager content creators, and more importantly, fans of the FMT pod, you are in for a treat. So, as I've mentioned on probably every single pod since I've uh, started on the pod, I manage Slough on, on Football Manager. I know, it is a shock. Kev, Kev is clearly shocked. Um, <laughs> I think it's come up once or twice. And I... I just have to ask, that. Slough, do I miss it? Unbelievable. It's a new one. It's a new joke. <laughs> <laughs> now, Slough Town are the best football club on, on this earth. And um, so because of that, they have worked... 
um, uh, allowed me to work with them to organize what is going to be a genuinely fantastic day. First of all, we're going to kick the day off with a game of an actual game of football. Now, some people are getting confused here. We're not going to play football manager and all sit down. We're actually going to have a, there's going to be a football, there's a pitch, there's goals, and all your favorite content creators that you could possibly think of are going to be involved in the game. You can come and boo them as much as you want. It's fine. It's for charity. Um, so we are literally going to be playing a game of football against fellow content creators. And I'd love for you to come down and watch that and be involved. It would be wonderful. That's just the starter. That's not the whole day. Can you believe it? There's more. Now, on the same day, on the same pitch that we will be gracing with our excellence, Slough Town will be playing against Bracknell Town in a pre-season friendly. So you get, not only do you get an actual game of football, but you get a game of, I mean, probably slightly better quality football of Slough against Bracknell in a pre-season game. Come down and watch them. They're a genuinely excellent club to watch, a really well-run club. It'd be excellent if you could hang around for their pre-season and uh, watch the beautiful Ambers play and win. Um, and then, that's what, not more? it. Can you believe it? What? I mean, uh, <laughs> as if I could <laughs> offer you more at this stage. Well, it's the thing listeners of this pod might be the most excited about. You know how we did FMT Live last year in Nottingham, Rich? Do you remember that? It rings a bell. rings a bell. Mm. I was definitely there. Physically, mm. yes. In spirit, also, yes. I had a great time. Thank you. Yeah, Perfect. Well, that's good to hear because could I, you know, give you a little a teaser of only FMT Live 2? Oh, my word. Can you believe it? We're only going to do another live podcast. And this one's going to be so much better because Kev's going to be there. Yay! Kev is going to be there. So that is the most important thing. Kev's going to be there. So if anything I just said to you didn't interest you, now it is because Kev is there. Okay. There's going to be a live football manager therapy in the evening. See, you've got, you've got football. You've got Slough. You've got a live podcast. I mean, do I need to say more? 29th of July, please consider joining us. It is going to be a fantastic day. It genuinely is. And I'm really, really excited. The only bit that I disagreed with you is I'm going to be in the stands watching the game because obviously that's not a great idea for me not to be. Uh, I am going to bring my laptop and just pretend I'm playing football manager. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah that because... makes sense. That makes sense. Exactly, exactly. And I, I, you can just sit there and if I don't get at least one, well, they've improved the match engine joke from you, Kev. I'll be furious. <laughs> Absolutely furious. Um, honestly, what an experience. Like, thank you for sorting it mate it's, it's very very kind of you thanks for I'm booking excited. a live podcast um which means i didn't have to but look all i want to say is that the amount of effort that callum is already putting in behind the scenes on this is incredible yep. um if it is even a fraction as good as the time we had in nottingham uh, if you're one of the people that joins in nottingham you know you know firsthand just how excellent that evening was it's gonna be like that but better because there's actual proper football happening as well during the day that you can come and watch and you can be part of if you really wanted to. Who knows? Who knows? Um, apparently, we have got about 25 people that all want to play defensive midfield. So yeah. that's because it's going to take 25 defensive midfielders to stop what I've got planned. Um, just, to, <laughs> just, you know, jog around to get really, really tired really, really quick and just in behind the strikers, sneaky like that. Um but look, please are do you come. not going to play pressing forward, Rich? I was going to say, yeah, you should be pressing forward. That's your favourite role. Get, get me a poacher to play alongside me, <laughs> and I am there. Um, 
More, more like depressing forward, but still, I'll try. I'll try. Um, please, 29th of July, stop what you're doing immediately, write it in your diary, yep. and then carry on listening to the Cancel end Cancel your holidays, no. say Cancel to your, your family you can't make their weddings, you know, all so that kind of stuff, you know. All those this things is high going on. High this priority. Is high priority. Mm. It's going to be amazing, and we would love it if you could join us for it. So... Keep an ear out for updates because the closer we get to the date, the more updates we will have. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say, I'm going to put out there's the universe. There's, there's, there might be a guest we're working on, and that's where I will leave it. But there might be a little guest that we're working on. It's going to be absolutely incredible. So if you can make it to Slough 29th of July, we would love to see you there. You get to meet us all. We're there. It's, it's just a lovely meetup. You get to see meet your favorite content creators and also me. I will be there. Um, what an opportunity. What an opportunity. We can't wait for it. Um, I'm, genuine, I'm genuinely really excited about it. It's like <laughs> it's, I've, I've got stuff planned this year. I'm, go, I'm, I'm going on holiday, with my, like a proper holiday with my family later this year, but that's just second string. I was like, this is better. This is instantly better. <laughs> um, right. That is, for me, as, as, as good a place as I need to, to leave it this week, boys, to leave it this week. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Before we go, though, Callum. You've mentioned something about Slough. Um, if people wanted to see you managing a virtual Slough, where can they do so? Uh, over on Y Callum on Twitch, Y Callum underscore on Twitter. I'm back. I've had a week off, so this week is going to be full on Slough. And we're getting promoted from League One. I can feel it. There you go. You said it now. So please enjoy Callum's streams. Hypo hypothetically, 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 hypothetically oh, no. gets promoted from oh, League no. One. He's done it now. <laughs> that's, oh no, that's that, that's the oh yep, Callum's. Save ruined button being pressed. Yeah, that's there you go. Yeah. It's done. It's done. Um, Kev, hypothetically, where can people see you doing all right in Hungary? Hypothetically, uh, yeah, you can find me at the United City FM both on Twitter and Twitch. I'm on Twitch most weekday afternoons, three till five p.m. UK time. Come and uh, join in the joy or commiserate or whatever happens after Monday because something's going down on Monday hypothetically um but yeah come and join me come and uh, share in all the love and also don't forget this week uh coming if you are listening to this monday tuesday as it drops patreon or otherwise uh thursday evening is the fm playoffs draft for the finals week friday evening absolutely the jewel in the crown of the fm playoffs is drafts and crafts if you've not seen that show on the friday evening Go and find it on Friday evening. And then next Sunday evening will be the matches for the FM playoffs finals where we, we might crown a three mo. We might crown a one mo for somebody else. Who knows? Yeah, I'll stop. Come and join <laughs> us. My takeaway from this week's episode is one mo. Um, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely fantastic stuff. As for me, if you'd like to see me doing the streaming, please feel free to come and hang out with me at twitch.tv forward slash richowensfm. The Scandinavian Triple Crown will be back this week. Last time we streamed it, like Callum, I've had a week off because of the path to the playoffs and doing the hosting and the paneling over there. I say hosting, not even hosting, co-hosting. Jeb hosted, and he's really good at it. Um, Twitch.tv forward slash Jebberu, by the way. Um, dead good. Um, but, yeah, come see me. Scandi Triple Crown. I am cooking with Rosenborg at the minute. That's what the kids say. I've heard at least two kids say it at school this week, so I'm going to use it. It's now in my vernacular. Come and watch me cook, uh, which means just watch the whole thing fall apart because I've hyped it up too much. Hypothetically, watch me cook. I've still got, for cooking purposes, I've still got me ladle because I've not... <laughs> Remember to take it out of my office yet. Um, had to be there. Path of playoffs. But yeah, come hang out with me there. You're going to have a great time. I'd love to see you. Fellas, it's been a pleasure. I've had Always. a lovely old morning. 
lovely time. Right. And as for you guys, the audience, thank you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. However you are consuming this podcast, we appreciate you. If you're watching on YouTube, you're not subscribed already, press subscribe, press follow, just, just join the discord, share our content, tell a friend, because then they'll tell a friend, then they'll tell a friend, then they'll tell a friend. And before you know it, everything's fantastic. Um, we appreciate you as always. And thank you for joining us this week for another episode of Football Manager Therapy. Take care. Love you lots. Bye-bye.